Today, the CEO and other uh, top executives from Google are expected to testify at a House of Commons Heritage Committee in Ottawa. They were summoned to appear before MPs after Google decided to temporarily block a small percentage of Canadians from accessing news through their search engine. This was in response to the Liberal government's proposed Online News Act. Now, there's been a lot of tech stories in the news lately. Uh, Today's meeting comes days after the federal government banned TikTok from federal devices. A lot of provinces have either taken the same, uh, made the same decision or they've said they're thinking about it. Talk about this and more. We're joined by Carmi Levy, London-based tech analyst. Uh, Carmi, always good to talk to you. Appreciate your time. Great great to be here, Devin. Thanks for having me. So uh, Google obviously not pleased with the federal government's uh, new legislation here. They also weren't pleased when Australia did something similar. But should we be pleased that Google is not pleased? No, we shouldn't be. They're playing the bully. Uh, You know, they're basically telling the government, yeah, we know that you're enacting a law. We know that you're trying to level the playing field by forcing big tech companies to finally pay for content that they've been using for decades for free. Um, And they're not happy about that because they're cozy little agreement that has essentially allowed them to become globally dominating powers uh, is about to come to an end. And when when Australia tried to negotiate something similar, bring in a similar law, uh, they pushed back and said, you know, we're going to go dark here if we don't like what we see. Um, And eventually they backed off. Facebook did the same thing, also threatened to take its ball and go home. Uh, and eventually the government prevailed and, and they enacted a law. And now all big tech companies in Australia are, are, are by law compelled to negotiate deals with media companies to access their content. Fair is fair. So you figure that the Australian experience, which really was a global precedent, it was the first of, of many to move forward, um, and Canada's experience is modeled after that. You figure they would have said, you know what, being big bullies didn't work so well down under. Maybe in Canada we'll be a little more conciliatory. No, apparently not. Uh, the lesson clearly hasn't been learned, and they figure that Canada is going to bend when Australia did not. And uh, and I am, I'm glad to see that not happen. I'm glad to see Canadian lawmakers say, you know what? I don't care how big you are, Google, uh, you know, you're going to come to Ottawa. You're going to explain yourself. You're not going to threaten to pull your news content from 4% of Canadians uh, without some kind of consequences. And I think that's the way this process needs to work. Uh, Fair is fair. And at some point, you have to stop technology companies from essentially thinking that they can make the rules. It's not how it works here in Canada. What will you be looking for uh, for uh, this whole back and forth between the two? Well, the first thing I'm looking for is, like, who's actually going to show up? Because we've got precedents here. The federal government in the past has hauled uh, or called uh, big tech leaders uh, into uh, committee hearings, basically saying, come to Ottawa uh, and uh, we're going to ask you a bunch of hard questions. We expect some answers. Uh, and in many cases, for example, last time they asked uh, Facebook head um, my, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, as well as then COO Sheryl Sandberg, to appear, they refused. Um, and they sent some of their underlings, their minions. And interestingly here with uh, with Google uh, and their parent company, Alphabet, they've asked uh, Sundar Pichai, who's the CEO. They've asked their chief legal officer, their VP of news, and also the, the country manager for Canada to attend. But the law here, the, the way the summons is written, uh, only the Canadian country manager is uh, is compelled to appear. Everyone else. They can't enforce that if they don't live in Canada. So the first thing I'm watching for is who's going to show? Um, will they be in person? Will it be remote? Not quite sure. 
Uh, but then once they actually do kind of get going, I expect them to provide honest answers. Why did they not share news of this quote-unquote test beforehand? Why are they being so secretive? Why do they think going dark is the right thing to do, especially based on what happened in Australia? Why are they being so aggressive in terms of coming after the Canadian government? Why don't they want to have a fair deal so that media get paid uh, for what they provide and that everybody wins here, not just big tech? That's what I'm looking for. And, you know, based on kind of history, not really expecting to see it because big tech doesn't like being called on its actions when it knows that it's in the wrong. No, I mean, none of these uh, big businesses like to have it. Even when they were having the the grocery stores, it wasn't uh, Galen Weston who was coming and speaking. It was someone else. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to I talk uh, TikTok as well. The federal government recently banned TikTok from federal devices. Many of the provinces have either done the same or said they're considering it. Uh, I think this was the right move. Do you think it was the right move? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've been talking, you and I especially, we've spoken about TikTok a number of times over the last number of years. And I've been worried about its data collection practices almost since the beginning. This is a company, it's not an American company, it's owned by a Chinese company, ByteDance. And so on the one hand, on your phone, it's collecting far more data from your activities than, say, an equivalent social media app like maybe Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And then it's sending it to this Chinese-owned company, which, unlike Facebook, unlike Twitter, uh, is not physically located in uh, in the U.S. So the servers aren't in the U.S. It's not an American company. They're not. We know they're not just using it to market to us. Uh, potentially, it could end up in the hands of Chinese government authorities, even though the company denies it. We have evidence from uh, leaked audio recordings of meetings at ByteDance that Chinese employees were able to access all of that data through back doors, and not just once, but multiple times. So lots of smoke here. And as we know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And certainly when it comes to our personal data, the prospect of the Chinese government looking at what all of us, millions of Canadians, especially Canadian kids, are doing on their devices is beyond frightening. So, yeah, it's about time we did something about it. I'm really glad to see uh, the government finally saying, not on our devices. I'm glad to see uh, the privacy commissioners investigating the company. I'm glad to see in the U.S. proposed legislation for banning it entirely. may not ever happen, but the point is we're finally getting serious about about this kind of, you know, essentially data spying on the, the general public. We're finally doing something about it. Where it ends up, almost irrelevant, but it was finally time that we drew a line in the sand, and that's where we're at now. That's my next question. I don't have TikTok, uh, but should other people have TikTok? You know, if governments are doing this because of concerns, should the average person get rid of uh, their TikTok? Well, I think the first thing is, is you know, the prospect of an app going completely dark in an entire country, probably not going to happen anytime soon. That's a really big deal. There's an entire economy that's built up around TikTok. And truth be told, it's like if I asked you, you know, could we get rid of Facebook tomorrow? Would you want to lose access to all of your network? Could you function the same way without it? And a lot of people would say, you know what? No, that's just too inconvenient for me. And so for a lot of people, especially influencers and others who have essentially built their careers around TikTok, kind of difficult to ask them to turn it off or you know maybe your child your teenage child or 20 something child whose entire social life revolves around this one app hard to go dark but we sort of have to look at it in terms of return on investment or roi am i getting back from the app what i am putting into it or the risk that i'm taking 
in using it. So if, if it's, if it delivers a certain value to you and it helps you get through your day and you use it for work, or maybe you're responsible for the social media um, um, tools of where you're employed or you're studying it in school, then by all means, it's worth it. But at the same time, if you're not using it, get rid of it because it's sitting on your phone. And even if you're not using it every day, it is soaking up data regardless. Uh, and at the same time, get rid of all the other apps that you're not using and lower your data exposure even more. I think that's we have to start asking those questions of every app on our device, not just TikTok. But obviously, TikTok is the one that's getting all the attention because, A, it's the most popular. B, it's the one that's breaking the rules the most. And, you know, we've got to do something about it. Or there will be other TikToks in future. They may be from China. They may not be from China. But we've got to start becoming more serious about our data, uh, what we call data integrity or data stewardship on our mobile devices, and I'm guessing it starts here. That's great advice. Uh, time always uh, flies when we talk. Uh, Carmi, appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Great finger, Devin. Thanks. That's Carmi Levy, a London-based tech analyst.